Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, March 8th. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we'll begin with a brief devotional thought based on 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. Would you like to read that for us, Pastor? Sure. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Kind of a neat contrast between those two words, perishable and imperishable. I think we can understand perishable quite readily because of all the different things we come into contact with every single day of our lives. We had milk last night because we were gone over the weekend. That, as we sat down to the dinner table and we opened it up and poured it, had clearly perished. <laughs> it smelled. And yeah. so it wasn't the, the worst, but it was not definitely something we wanted to drink. So that milk had perished. So we have these expiration dates. And of course, we can talk about our own expiration date and we don't know when that's going to be. So as we fight that good fight of faith, as you mentioned, we sang this past weekend, we can realize that we are seeking that imperishable life with Christ in heaven. And ultimately this verse is a fantastic verse as we talk about competitions Um, I think you mentioned, yeah, we had basketball this last weekend. We have basketball this coming weekend. And obviously we are competing to achieve that goal, that victory. And thankfully we have that in Christ. So those are the two words I was focusing in on with perishable, imperishable, and the competition of it. Yeah, uh, I was looking at the first half. um, The Everyone who competes for the prize, or the ESV just translate every athlete, which again ties into the... The weekends here, the uh, two tournaments, the Cal last weekend, the CLC tournament coming up this weekend. Every athlete, it says there is uh, uh, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Uh, that word temperate, maybe we don't use as much in our day-to-day language, but uh, some other translations go with uh, uh, goes into strict training or exercises self-control in all things. And when you think about that as to the basketball court, you know the the player that's wild and flailing all over, uh, is pretty quickly going to have a lot of turnovers, is going to foul out of the game pretty quickly because they're not self-controlled, they're not disciplined, they're not going into strict training. You need to take control of your body uh, in order to be an accomplished athlete. You think about the the sprinters at the Olympics, right, or the the swimmers, every move is deliberate and no movement is wasted. Everything is completely uh, in line and disciplined, Um, and that's really the only way to compete at the highest level of uh, uh, these athletics, and that's the point that Paul's making too. You know, way back during Paul's day, they had the Olympics, uh, so we're still going around. Um, they stopped doing it for a long, long time, but then, of course, uh, they've come back again. But Paul knew about these games that would take place, and his, he's comparing the the race that we run as Christians to the races that they would run in those Olympics uh, way back then. He says, so if you're going to be an athlete, you need to be disciplined. You need to be self-controlled. Uh, in in your approach to your body, um, you know if you're going to be a, a, a 
a disciplined athlete, you can't just eat whatever you want all the time. You need to be careful about what you put into your body. You need to be careful about getting enough sleep. You need to be careful about getting enough rest. You need to be careful about getting enough water. You know, there's so many things that go into being uh, a prime athlete. Uh, this last Friday, actually, I asked uh, Coach Jay Hanel of the the uh, boys team. I said well, they had just won their game on Friday, which got them into the championship game Saturday. I said, "What do you tell the boys after a game like that, where they really held off their opponent, who were they were really trying to get back in the game, and, and uh, it looked like they might for a while there?" Uh, and he said, "Well, I just told him go home, get a lot of sleep, get the electrolytes, get some carbs in the morning. You know, and he went into detail about all the, the different nutrients that you know, and he, he talked to his kids the nutrients that you need to get ready for the game tomorrow. Um, and you know, seems like hopefully they all did that, and it worked out for them to win that championship game. But uh, that you know, it, it's very, it's a disciplined thing. If you want to succeed at the highest levels, you need to be disciplined. Now apply that to the the Christian life, right? Um, so many people just." float through life you know they wake up one day and it's just doing the next thing and going to the next thing and uh, living intentionally and living disciplined is a difficult thing to do and yet that's what God calls us to do right to live disciplined Christian lives where we are in self-control of the things we do um, where we're not becoming we talked in Bible class this weekend being a slave to sin versus being a slave to righteousness um, what what does that mean and how, how does that look like and we talked a lot about how no matter what you're doing in life all the time you're serving someone you know so if you sleep eight hours who are you serving through that eight hours of sleep you're, you're getting if you uh, go to work for eight hours who are you serving through that eight hours you're working and that it's a really it it, it kind of changes the way you look at everything in life really when you think about that intentional living and every hour you're serving somebody because that eight hours at work if you're doing it just because I have to in order to make money to pay my rent well that kind of just makes your work meaningless and sour but if you realize that through this work you are doing all kinds of things you're serving your employer you're serving society by producing a good thing that's good for society you're serving your family by earning a paycheck so that you can pay the rent um, you're serving yourself and that you can grow and and in your understanding of how things work and you know your abilities and skills and talents and most of all you're serving god who's called you to give glory to him the things that you do so you know it changes at everything you do now Take that and apply it to some of the meaningless things we do. When I spend two hours watching YouTube or whatever, or when I spend two hours playing video games, or when I spend two hours going to the movies, not that those are all bad things, but you are serving someone and something in all those things that you do. And what you know, be deliberate about the way that you spend your time and the the, the actions that you take. That's what it means to be in self-control, to be strict in our training of our our time and our talents and our you know the things that we do and and how we act as Christians. So. Every athlete uh, is is temperate in all things, and God calls us to be temperate, to be self-controlled in all things, too, in our lives. And I think, really, that word, those words, living intentionally, every single day, saying, "What am I doing today? Why am I doing it? What's the purpose behind this?" And when you do that, you really do see that purpose. And you, and if you know people who don't, they turn into me. They they see everything as meaningless and purposeless. But when we see it as everything serving God, we truly gain purpose in what we do. And then. It, come back to the second half that you brought up there pastor they do it to receive a perishable crown so that's the you know the athlete they're temperate they're self-controlled they're they're focused laser point pointed focus on winning this trophy winning a, back then they'd get a, a, a laurel wreath you know a crown that they would would be the, the championship prize today in the olympics they get a gold medal the boys this last weekend got a medal they hung around their neck and then the trophy will hang in the trophy will, will be displayed in the trophy case um, that perishable crown that will fade away, 
But we strive for an imperishable crown, and I think we need to make sure we understand this correctly because it can easily turn to work righteousness here, right? So how do we understand these things? How are they similar and how are they different, maybe? Oh, you're asking me? I am. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to comment. <clears throat> you had a really neat point there. Before I answer that question is that you know, we add up all those time, that time we spend doing other things, and it just made me think of math right away because we are then subtracting time that we could spend with Jesus. Not that we have to spend that same amount of time or an equal amount of time, but when we're adding up all the things we're not doing that we could with our Lord, and we're subtracting that time. But as far as the crown goes, like you mentioned, the imperishable crown doesn't, I think Jesus says in Revelation 2.10, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. So if I'm understanding your question correctly, ultimately Jesus wants us to be laser focused on that crown that doesn't fade away, that can't be taken away, that we can lose and set aside, but ultimately he's gifted to us and he wants us to cherish and treasure above all things. So kind of what I'm asking is, if I spend five years disciplining my body to be the best, whatever, shot put athlete possible, right? If I spend five years doing that and then I make the Olympics, you could say, you know, that guy wasn't naturally gifted at shot put. It's not, I'm not, you know, it's not something I'm good at. But if I focus, 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 then I've earned my shot at the Olympics. I've worked to do that, you know what I mean? And it's been my laser focus. Is, do we take that, that attitude of I need to train, I need to be strictly disciplined, in order to accomplish that goal, is that how we should apply it to the Christian life too? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, now I now I understand you. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> yes, yes, we should apply it in that way. But when your original question was, is that going to get us in heaven? No, we apply that to our Christian life because we have the goal of serving the Lord. Like you said earlier, earlier, you know, it's, it's all about who are we serving, and so the goal is to serve the Lord out of love for Him, not to serve Him to. A, achieve a crown that he's already given to us right yeah so okay. yeah yeah I, it's easy to look at this and think of it as work righteousness yeah right? that's kind yeah. of my point it's yeah. just uh, uh, you have to be disciplined otherwise you won't get your crown and that's not the point here the point is as you said Jesus said be faithful unto death I'll give you the crown of life he's already given us the crown of life through his death on the cross through his resurrection not something that we can do to earn it's only uh, because of his great love and grace for us and now he says now out of thankfulness for what I've done for you now run the straight race, now fight the good fight, now live the life I've called you to, now be disciplined in the things that you do. And by doing that, we can, you know, and by, by the many talents God's given us, we can do great, amazing things as God's people. Um, you know, like I've brought this up before, but think of the, the parable of the talents, those guys who used their talents, who, you know, strove with their talents and, and invested their talents uh, versus the man who buried his talent, right? What are we doing with our talents to the Lord? Are we, you know, just floating along day by day or are we... Are we making use of those talents, growing in our talents, being intentional with the blessings God's given us, and uh, working to see how we can use them best in his kingdom day by day? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the crown of eternal life you won for each of us through Jesus' perfect life, through his death on the cross, and through his resurrection. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would work in us a heart of faith that trusts in that promise, that looks to that crown, and that now lives a, the life of faith you called us to here on this earth of uh, uh, being disciplined in our, our bodies and our minds, of living the lives you've called us to, being the salt of the earth and the light that is set on a hill. Help us to be witnesses to your great glory and to share your love with others. In your name we pray. Amen.
All right, a number of announcements to highlight for you. Uh, once again, our midweek Bible class is on break during the Lenten season. Uh, we'll plan on picking that up after Easter. Um, speaking of Advent, this coming well, later this afternoon, uh, we continue our theme of Amazing Grace. We're on our third uh, week of the theme today at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. You can join us for either one. Uh, we'll be live streaming the 2 p.m. service. So that's going to be our plan for these midweek services going forward is to live stream at 2 p.m. So you can look for that on our, our website as well. Uh, today, Pastor Radical is going to be speaking about the amazing grace in the life of the prophet Isaiah. Any any uh, foreshadowing you want to lay out for the, the group here? Uh, there's a ton there. Uh, we'll be talking about the burning coal uh, that touched his mouth and how he felt totally unworthy to share the word of God. So it kind of has a mission theme to it in that idea. So All right. All right. Looking forward to it. Uh, next week, Pastor Nathaniel Mayhew comes over from Sleepy Eye, uh, Minnesota, uh, and he'll be speaking on the blind man uh, from John chapter 9, uh, that blind man who uh, uh, Jesus healed, and he went on trial before the Pharisees, and they brought his parents in and so forth, so uh, looking forward to the next week as well. I already mentioned uh, the Cal tournament was this last weekend, Christian Athletic League tournament. Um, I want to say thank you to the many volunteers. It's always one of the biggest events of the year around here at Emmanuel. Uh, we need many volunteers to help out. Uh, and it was a, a wonderful, fun weekend. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, the boys won their championship game on Saturday, so congratulations to them. Also, congratulations to our girls' varsity team. They came in third place, uh, which they were seeded third, so it's, that's they ended up right where they were supposed to, and uh, they had a very hard-fought game on Saturday as well. So well done, well done to both our boys and our girls. Uh, coming up this weekend, uh, the CLC tournament takes place in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We have games on Friday and Saturday. I don't, do we have any games on Sunday? Not that I remember. No. Uh, okay. So mostly games on Friday and Saturday. It seems uh, it'll be March 10th and 11th. Um, so safe travels to all of you. I know there's supposed to be some snow rolling in Thursday into Friday. So. Uh, pray that God would give, give everyone safe travels to, from, and that uh, all our athletes would, would strive to uh, uh, strive in discipline to give glory to God in all they do this weekend. Uh, this Friday as well is the Red Cross Blood Drive. We do have quite a few slots available still, so if you're able to give this Friday, I uh, hope you can uh, go sign up on the Red Cross Blood Drive website and uh, support uh, those who need help by giving them the gift of life, giving them your blood, which is uh, I guess there was quite a few drives canceled the last couple weeks because of some of the snowstorms we've had. So um, they're always in need, but they're in need more than usual right now. So please consider giving if you are able. Uh, next Friday, that'd be March 17th, uh, the ILC Tour Choir is going to be coming through the area. They are not, uh, they're not singing here at our church, but they are singing over at Eagle Lake at 1.30. So that'd be Friday, March 17th at 1.30. They'll be singing at the Eagle Lake Church. Uh, they, uh, Pastor Duman said, anyone is sure welcome to come over and uh, listen to the uh, presentation of the gospel. Uh, I, I sang on the tour choir for five years. Pastor, you sang quite a few years as well, <clears throat> back when you were in high school, college, seminary days. So that's a, a neat way to support some of the, the kids up there in Eau Claire who are uh, going to school up there and are uh, traveling around the country proclaiming the gospel uh, through song this time of year. Uh, the next weekend is our Arts Camp weekend. That's March 24th through the 26th. Um, quite a few uh, volunteers coming to, uh, to help out with those activities. So we pray that would be a blessing. And if you're in 5th through 8th grade, get signed up so you can uh, uh, participate in that as well. 
Uh, the weekend after that is the Kindergarten Roundup, <clears throat> March 31st. That'd be Friday, March 31st. Kindergarten Roundup, so we want to start letting people know, hey, if you're looking, if you know anybody who's looking for a kindergarten next year, if you, uh, if you have a kindergarten yourself coming up next year, uh, please plan on coming to this Kindergarten Roundup. Uh, it'll be uh, an opportunity to get an idea of what the classroom will be like next year. I think we already have quite a few students signed up for next year, so uh, uh, please uh, consider inviting somebody you know who has a kindergartner coming next year to that roundup. Uh, and then finally, just wanted to highlight uh, that our summer vicar, Paul Genton, this past weekend in the bulletin, uh, printed his acceptance letter. He has, is going to be coming to work with us in the months of June and July, so we're looking forward to that uh, that happening as well. And uh, I've never met the guy, so excited to, to uh, get to know him. And he's got three daughters and a wife, uh, so we're excited to get to know them as a family. And see how the Lord will be blessing them uh, blessing them, and blessing us through this relationship this summer. As far as our prayer list, uh, Tom Jensen's been on our prayer list for uh, months and months at this point. Uh, finally, the Lord answered our prayer by delivering him from this veil of tears this past Wednesday. Uh, the Lord took him home to heaven, so we thank God for his mercy in, in delivering Tom to heaven. And we also pray for Tom's family, that the Lord would comfort them through this time of their loss and uh, encourage them that Tom is in heaven with the Lord and that... Uh, because of the salvation Jesus won for us, we can all look forward to being reunited with, with Tom and all our loved ones who have gone before as well. Uh, the, so funeral planning uh, this coming Saturday, Pastor Radic will be performing the service for uh, Tom Jensen's family. That'll be Saturday at 10 a.m. is the visitation, 11 a.m. is the regular service, and the whole congregation is invited to attend as well. So um, if you're able to join us for that service, uh, I'm sure that'd be nice for Tom's family to to be feel supported during that time. We do continue to pray. Did you have anything else on that? We do continue to pray for uh, a number of other cancer patients. Carrie Dale and Pastor John Hine both continue to receive cancer treatments. Uh, Norma Carlson has also been on our prayer list this past week. She had surgery uh, on her lung cancer, or excuse me, she had surgery on breast cancer uh, on Monday last week. They went in, they got some of it, then they did a scan, and they found out they didn't get all of it, so they had to go back in on Friday. And uh, they do believe they got all of it now, so we thank God. Thank God for that. Um, so that, that should hopefully take care of the breast cancer side of things. But as I mentioned, she does have lung cancer as well, so they're planning on beginning radiation treatments for that in the next couple weeks here. So definitely still keep Norma in our prayers going forward. Uh, this past weekend, Hope Redland was uh, hospitalized as well. She needed a, uh, a blood transfusion and a number of other complications along with that. So we keep Hope in our prayers and certainly Dale as well as he continues to support his wife through this. She's been in the hospital three four times here in the last couple months, so really tough for them. Uh, Trudy Dackins took a fall last week as well uh, and uh, did some damage to her back. She, so she's back in rehab as well. I uh, pray the Lord would strengthen and encourage her with uh, his patience during this time of recovery as well. And finally, we pray for Bernice Geiger this past weekend. She celebrated her 96th birthday. So uh, what a blessing that is that the Lord has given her such good health and long life. And we pray that God would continue to be with her uh, in the future as well. Which brings us to the wisdom of Solomon's Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter 30 this week, uh, which means we only got one week left next week, and then we'll plan on doing some uh, uh, senior spotlights with our students as well. Uh, but for now, we're in Proverbs chapter 30, and Pastor Radical picked out a verse for us to, to meditate on this morning. We're looking at verse 5, which 6 is also nice to have with it. I can read them both. But every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. 
do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. So at verse 5, every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. I guess I would like to ask you, Pastor Nauman, as far as that purity goes, how do we understand that and why is that a joy for us as believers? Well, um, there have been a number of examples in the Bible of uh, things that people have looked at and said, well, that's foolish or that doesn't make sense or that's not going to stand the test of time. But what we do, what we, what we see is that uh, God's word has proven true. And that's what it means to be pure, right? Pure means you can be tested, you can be tried, you can be doubted, but in the end you come through. Um, so one example I love to point to is uh, from... from uh, uh, second Peter where Peter's describing the end of the world and uh, I actually had a Mormon come to my door one time and started talking to me about he said well what's the kingdom of God do you think the kingdom of God is just like a spiritual eternal life in heaven and I said yeah and he said and that's not what I think I think it's a uh, life it's a it's Christ ruling here on earth and I said well let's look at this verse and so we went to second Peter and it was it talks about how the elements will melt and you know for a long time uh, the, we're talking a hundred hundreds of years ago now for a long time the the science the scientists of the world many uh, sci- great scientific minds laughed at that verse and said haha elements are the most foundational part of, of creation and of the world and there's no way that to, to there's no way that an element can actually melt and then they invented the atomic bomb and that's that's what happens when an atomic bomb goes off or when a nuclear bomb goes off is it's it's literally a ripping of an atom and that's what creates the energy of an atomic or a nuclear bomb. And that's what's happening on the sun all the time. And so that's literally the elements melting. Um, it's an element falling apart and turning into a different element, um, which for a long time was thought to be impossible. Um, so that's an example of people laughing at the word of God and then turns out the word of God was, was held true. Um, there's other, other examples like uh, uh, in the Old Testament talking about the world is floating in space, right? And you know people laughed at that for a long time and now it turns out, yeah, because of gravity, uh, on our rotation around the sun that the earth is just sitting there in outer space and there's not there's nothing holding it up it just is floating there um, so there's lots of examples in the bible of um, the word of god holding true the whole word of god being pure being tested by outside forces and yet still holding true and those are those are uh, naturalistic examples so it'd be you know the world and creation which is all fine and good but most importantly the word of god holds pure when it comes to our salvation <clears throat> you know, it's it's the, the word of God speaks the truth in all things, but most importantly, it speaks the truth to our our nature, which is sinful by nature. That our identity as as uh, sinners, as who we are, but most importantly, it speaks to the nature of God as uh, a loving God who sent His Son Jesus to rescue and redeem us and to uh, uh, win eternal salvation for us. So when we say every word of God is pure, every word of God is stands the test of time. Uh, every word of God. Uh, abides forever. Um, that's what we. That's what we're talking about. I like that description. It really flows into the second half that we have a trustworthy shield. Then, right? So it says, "He's a shield to those who put their trust in Him." And you know that sounds like, well, we have our confidence in the Lord, and we know He created our faith, and that faith grows, just like you said, through that trustworthy word. The idea of that shield is that He's our defense. He's our stronghold he's our fortress he's our rock and that shield there as we know from James for example that as Satan tries to shoot his fiery arrows at us we have that shield of God's word that gives us that confidence in his salvation and his in his word that 
can send the devil packing, as we heard not too long ago with the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. He always responded with the word of God to the devil to resist those temptations. And that's why the word of God is trustworthy, because it's that armor of our salvation. It's that armor of our deliverance. And that's why we can rejoice in our trusting in him. So I love this verse because it just gives us that confidence, not only in the authority of God's word, but the defense that it is for our day-to-day life as well. All right. That brings us to our hymn of the day today, which is hymn 452 in the Red Hymnal. The Son of God goes forth to war, a kingly crown to gain. His blood-red banner streams afar. Who follows in his train? Who best can drink his cup of woe, triumphant over pain? Who patient bears his cross below? He follows in his train. The martyr first, whose eagle eye could pierce beyond the grave, who saw his master in the sky and called on him to save. Like him with pardon on his tongue in midst of mortal pain, he prayed for them that did the wrong. Who follows in his train? A glorious band, the chosen few, on whom the Spirit came. Twelve valiant saints, their hopes they knew, and mocked the cross and flame. They met the tyrant brandished steel, the lion's gory mane. They bowed their necks the death to feel, who follows in their train. A noble army, men and boys, the matron and the maid, around the Savior's throne rejoice in robes of light arrayed. They climb the steep ascent of heaven through peril, toil, and pain. O God, to us may grace be given to follow in their train. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.